0: Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host,
1: Stacey Jones.
0: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to Lane Kawaoka. Lane started his venture in real estate investing in 2009 by purchasing a rental property in Seattle after living on the road for five years as a construction supervisor. Frustrated by the traditional wealth building dogma, Lane was compelled to inspire and mentor other working professionals on how to do real estate investing and build their own portfolios, which led Lane to develop simplepassivecashflow.com, online learning resource and passive real estate investing that includes blogs, podcasts, and eBooks. Today, we're going to talk about the steps Lane has taken to create his own successful group coaching and e-course business around investing in real estate as a side business while still employed as day job as an engineer. Lane is going to share with us the insights he's learned from his own experience on becoming a successful entrepreneur on the side, and we'll learn what's worked from his perspective in launching your own business, what should be avoided, and how some people miss the mark. Lane, thanks so much for being here. Welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Stacey. Aloha.
0: <laughs> Aloha. You are in Hawaii. And what part of Hawaii are you helming from?
1: I am in the island of Oahu, and uh, for those of you guys who know uh, Honolulu, that's the city I live in currently. So the one with Diamond Head and and a lot of the good restaurants and and Waikiki.
0: Very nice. So what got you off the road into investing and now over to Hawaii? How did you get here? What was your path?
1: Yeah, so I bought a rental property, rented it out, and it was a lot of uh, beer money at the time for a young 20-year-old kid. And um, I was a construction supervisor um, at the time. Um, for those of us who have um, other corporate lives before the path we're on today, can totally relate. But um, you know, I'm an engineer by trade, but it's not the it's a, it's a hard life, right? Working for 40 40 years at a job, and um, I didn't like it right off the bat. So I uh, found this little cool thing where I could buy rental property, and just kept buying more and more of it. And um, that kind of led me to Um, all my buddies were asking me, right? Like, how was I buying all these properties in Birmingham, Atlanta, like places I don't even visit and, um, you know, buy it and uh, get a tenant in there and have them pay me rent checks every single month. And um, I'm sure we all have friends like this that mean well, but they don't do anything. Right. So that was where I sort of just started the podcast back in 2016 it's just a means to uh, kind of record my thoughts and a lot of it I've thought I've forgotten over the years but uh, that was the start of it all right is building the audience first.
0: And how are you going about so you started your podcast sharing it with friends. How did you get to get other people just tuning in and listening? How did you market what you were doing?
1: I just started to um, created a uh, like a Facebook community. Um, you know you guys are welcome to join. We, we kind of talk about investing all day and it's high quality. So I think a lot of people just started to share it and just a word of mouth. Um, initially, you know, you, I think you see what a lot of people do is they'll just slam it on social media. And it takes a lot of time, especially if you're not paying for a virtual assistant to do that for you. And I don't know if it's quite even worth it, but um, I just made over a hundred um, episodes before I really started to get traction. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at that point, it kind of took off on its own.
0: And then in your Facebook group, were you moderating it? Were you having people ask you questions? Um, how were you getting people to interact with it? Because a lot of people start Facebook groups, honestly, and they go nowhere.
1: Right. I think the the, the thing I did differently, um, I, didn't, I did moderate it. I did kind of filter things f- for sure. But I made it to more of a niche type of group where we are – passive real estate investors and that's something different about my brand like I don't do any wholesaling or flipping a lot of it like I said is for broke people right like I work with high paid professionals and entrepreneurs that have pretty good money coming in from their day jobs or the businesses and they just want to place it somewhere where they can get the tax benefits Um, so that's kind of my brand and so I kept it that way and I filtered people coming in I only let people in that you know if you had a pretty good decent paying job if you were a, a 30 year old guy taking a selfie, you weren't gonna get in, right? Like you're unprofessional, um, you didn't look the part um, and had a net worth of under you know 100,000 bucks, you weren't getting in. So I think people caught on to that and they knew it was something different. And I think that was where it started to attract the right type of people.
0: And then were you participating on a daily basis on the forum um, or were you just seeing where questions were and responding to it?
1: Yeah, I I usually get in there at least once a day. I'm not a big social media fan, and I think people spend too much time in there. Um, but I'll get in there once a day and answer all the comments and and see what people are posting. Um, and then probably a couple times a week, I'll I'll post some news article that I see, and um, you know, kind of just do a little bit of uh, stimulating the communi- community as I call it.
0: And then beyond the Facebook group and beyond the podcast, and you have launched into being much more. So what was this that you took after that? And, you know, you have a website, you have coaching, you have all of these different elements.
1: Yeah. So I, I kind of spun off two parts of my, my, um, my business. One side is the education side. The other side is the, I actually do deals and I bring in investors through the, the website and podcast. So, um, you know, that side, you know, I'll go and I'll search for large apartment deals or mobile home parks. And people that contact me through the website can join my investor club and they can invest um, via me um, and alongside of me because I put skin in my own skin in the game. I'm usually putting like 25, 50 grand at least into every deal of my own money. Mm Um, and then the other side is my education side, which I have a mastermind of passive investors. Um, again, you don't get in unless you kind of, you know, you're of the right pedigree and, um, it's a select group of people in there. We do biweekly conference calls, um, via zoom and, um, I make everybody sign confidentiality agreements, um, because a lot of people are talking about the personal financial information and, um, you know, it gives me an avenue to kind of speak my mind because, you know, a lot of things you can't really say on a podcast, right? It's not appropriate. Um, it's
0: a little public sometimes.
1: A little public. You know, sometimes you hurt some people's feelings and you shouldn't be said, shouldn't, you know, whatever it was the Bambi rule, right? Don't say something if you don't have anything to say. Right. All right. Well, that doesn't apply in my mastermind. It's my rules, right? And, and people like that. They want to hear the raw stuff. They want to okay. know what not to invest in. Um, okay. and what are the sucker deals out there so that's that's kind of that group I've cultivated in there and they kind of are both little um, nice income streams for me and and more importantly it's given me the ability to quit my day job because initially when I you know started the mastermind group you know I was just kind of running home right after work and jumping on the, the, the bi-weekly conference call and we're like all right what are we talking about today but that's given me the the income to be able to quit my day job and kind of focus on how do I add value to these people?
0: That's awesome. And then with the educational side, you have the mastermind. You're also producing additional content. Um, You're blogging. You're, um, what are you doing to make sure that either for the mastermind or to help publicize and market and advertise um, this side of your business? Because obviously it's all a lead gen for your other side of your business.
1: Right, right. And so basically, I'm just a content um, creating machine. Um, mm-hmm. I just write articles. I, I'm, I mean, Again, I'm an engineer, so I don't really write too well. It doesn't really resemble English a lot of times, so that's why I did the, the podcast thing. Yeah. And um, in my private Facebook group, I'll do live calls where I just ans- answer questions, and uh, we chop those, up, those videos up into more short, um, you know, breadcrumb type of material because you know, the idea is people when people are going through facebook feed they're going through at a million miles an hour there needs to be something quick some some value add and and every email that i do i send out to my uh my list or any any kind of video or any article it always like well what this guy doesn't care they're they're a busy high-paid professional what's in it for them so it, it always seems to be like you know less than one minute videos seem to kind of do the trick for our purposes
0: and are there any other things you do that try to bring in people through inbound marketing or is it all mainly through social and word of mouth?
1: Um, Some of our referrals have kind of helped us a lot because um, especially our, our qualified person that we're looking for is higher net worth, right? They're not typically just trolling on the internet or a lot of forms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of my guys... To go to the local real estate club is the, some of the worst places for them to go. Right, the people who go there are, you know, they don't have that much money and they're looking. they they're hearing that real estate is a great place to get rich, which is not quite what we do. Um, you know, we have pretty good net worth and we're able to invest a little bit differently. So those those have been typically places where I haven't really gone to find um, you know folks to bring to our tribe. Um, Yeah, referrals have kind of been the big one and then people just coming through the podcast because podcasts are typically where higher net worth uh, folks um, are around and take action.
0: And do you find that there's a certain age range that you're more so working with or is it pretty broad?
1: It's pretty broad. I mean, you know, I I look like I'm 18 years old. Um, So definitely the younger guys are attracted to me. Um, But
0: Definitely. Come on, at least
1: twenty-three. Yes, yeah. <laughs> twenty-three. But um, so I do attract a lot of like, you know, your San Fran, your tech money, um, the younger guys. It and I I these are the guys working at Amazon with starting pay of 150 grand a year. Yeah. Right. If you guys haven't caught on to, you know, what they're paying these kids out of college these days.
0: It's amazing.
1: Um, and and because my background is engineer and I kinda speak in terms of engineering, um I think that's what's attracting a lot of folks um, as, a, as opposed to men and women. I have both men and women, but obviously, you know, things are, this is more of a financial stuff and just more guys to be, seem to be more into this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I have quite a bit of people who are over the age of 45, 50. Um, you know, these, these are the guys who have $500 million stuck in their 401k, and not doing anything and they're looking to buy hard assets. So those it's kind of on both ends. You know.
0: well, seeing that after COVID-19 calms down and things return to normal, after so many people's stocks took plunges, real estate's probably going to be something that more people are even investing in.
1: Yeah, I before. mean, this is kind of a... a- pretty good time for us i mean anytime there's a decrease in the stock market it shakes people's belief yeah. system up and you know to me i mean i i got rid of all my 401k stuff years ago i mean i i see wall street as um a game the average person can't beat mm-hmm. um just a bunch of commissions out there
0: it's, it's nice that someone's making money off of your money right
1: yeah. I mean, people, people were all concerned. A lot of our investors were concerned um, these past couple of weeks. Right. Like, you know, because their stock portfolio dropped 30%.
0: Yeah.
1: And i I was like, well, I'll be honest. We have, there's really nothing really to report here. Right. I mean, that's, what's nice about real estate. Right. That's, you know, especially when it cash flows, like it's not really much. I mean, it's going to take a while for the slack to hit the back of the back of the train.
0: Right. A downturn eventually. And if the layout stays significant and people can't afford mortgages and rent, then that's when you're going to start seeing an impact on your business. But that's going to take a little bit of time versus just a couple of months.
1: Right. Right. But to bring it back from the marketing and sales angle. Right. People buy when there's emotion involved. Right. There's a pain point. I mean, not that it's, a, it's a, that great of a thing to do, but like, look, I mean, hopefully this has woken people up that the stock market is all fake and it can just disappear like that. Um, granted, it's, it's a, we call them black swan events. Mm-hmm. We kind of got hit by the COVID-19 and more, more importantly, I think it's the oil and gas, the Saudis and the Russians doing little price wars here. I mean, crude should not be 20 $30 a barrel.
0: Right.
1: But that's that's kind of where we're at today.
0: Yeah, all this too shall change with time. Hopefully, and
1: things will change. We don't yes. know that to be certain.
0: Yes. So, is there anything else that you've been doing that you know helps with your marketing message? Is it just that really this is such a passion project for you that you dug in and you started sharing your interest and your advice, and it just grew from there?
1: Yeah, I think it is. I mean, like what I ask a lot of my investors who are financially free and, and like, what is their biggest, what pisses them off in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's usually some kind of a passion project there. For me, it's, you know, I just see so many hardworking professionals making, you know, 80 to $400,000 a year, yet they're never really able to spend the time with their family. And they're always kind of just trading time for dollars. And the reason why is they're investing in these investments that like the from the financial planners and Wall Street mutual funds, that you never really going to get ahead with doing that stuff. It's what they, what the system wants you to do. So, uh, I mean, I think that's that. That passion translates to my audience, and they see that I'm very like. At the end of the day, I just want them to help. Like, you don't have to invest in me; you can invest in whatever you want. But um, you know, here are some principles that the wealthy follow that I kind of distill, and um, I think the. People see the, the authentic side of it. Like I talk about my failures. Um, the example I give a lot of times is like, you know, like Thor from the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he wasn't really a relatable character in the first two Thor movies. I mean, I guess some people like the fact that he took off his shirt a few times. I'm not too much into that, but it wasn't. <laughs> he's the only Avenger or any of those guys that got four movies, or will get four movies because. I mean, you know, I so saw him in Endgame. He's Fat Thor, right? He's likable. He is. He has his flaws. And that's just how I am. Like, I tell it how it is. Like, you know, I tell people how I... I have videos of, like, somebody ransacked my house for ten, twenty dollars $20,000 repair bill, right? That's what happens. That's the life of the investor.
0: You bring some humanity to what you're doing. That's the difference.
1: Right, uh, right. And, and when somebody wants to bring in you know, money into a deal, right? They want to know that they're investing with somebody legit at the end of the day. You know, capital preservation or not getting swindled is more important than, well, what's the percentage chance that this deal will actually hit its performer?
0: so the fear of losing is actually than the fear of gaining in this.
1: Right, right. I mean, that's how I am, you know, it's more about people than what the deal is. You know, I want reliability. I want capital preservation.
0: So if our listeners want to learn more about how they can do investments and they can look into real estate, obviously you have quite the platform. Where can they go to learn more?
1: Yep. I mean, people come in usually on two tracks. Like if their net worth is under a quarter million dollars, you probably want to start off with single family home rentals. Um, There are folks out there that will fix up properties for you, get a tenant in there and they call these turnkey rentals. Um, my first dozen podcasts were all about that and I think that's why my audience really likes my journey because they can see the progression Mm -hmm. Um, you know the first year was kind of talking about turnkey rentals but then obviously my story has changed to more private placements and syndications and that's what I've been up to the last few years and kind of bring my my audience on that journey as I kind of learn it myself Um, You know, those are bigger deals. You don't have to be accredited, but most of our investors are accredited investors, million dollars in net worth and above. Okay.
0: And so they
1: can go to simplepassivecashflow.com. Yeah, go to simplepassivecashflow.com. My email address is lane at simplepassivecashflow if you guys are um, interested in learning more. But um, yeah, check out the podcast. And um, yeah, feel free to join our Facebook community and uh, meet some other passive investors there.
0: Awesome. And if you had to give insight and advice to someone who has a passion project and they want to grow it into being a business for themselves and to share their insights. What advice would you give?
1: I'd say do it for at least 18 months. And that's the BS check to see that it is truly a passion project. Um, Because like anything, it's not until you hit season three, as they call it, or for me, You know, I was doing the podcast from 2016. I didn't really start to really get traction until mid-2018, two and a half years down the road. So uh, unless you are passionate about it, you're really not going to get, number one, get good at it. And more importantly, you're not going to follow through on it.
0: That makes sense. So is there a book in your future? Are you going to publish and put all your thoughts, even though you don't like writing, but transcribing all your podcasts?
1: Um, probably I'll probably just pay someone to do it like everybody else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. sounds like you have something that people would be interested in buying and reading.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, Lane, I want to really thank you for coming on the show today. I think it's very cool. I'm actually very peaked into learning more about this myself. So I'll be checking out your website and diving in. Uh, but thank you for spending your time with us today and that. about yeah. how you've
1: created such a success. Thanks for having me, Stacey.
0: You are welcome. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning into Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. And I look forward to chatting with you this next week.